so excited to be preaching this morning. It's been a few months, and I'm opening up a new series, which I don't get to do often, but I'm always excited when we do. So our new series for the next few week is, few weeks is called To the Other Side, Go to the Other Side. So a few people have asked what that is about if the graphic didn't give you any. I thought it was a little, a little scary. I don't know. I told Will, I was like, is that scary? But I like it. It's cool. And it probably would have been scary if you were in the middle of the storm. We're talking about the disciples that this happened to them twice, right? Like there was a time that Jesus wasn't with them. And then there was a time that Jesus was with them and he was asleep, <laughs> which is hilarious to me. Because if you've ever been at the beach or Myrtle Beach, or a lake, or anything like that in the middle of a storm, it's terrifying. I've been to the beach several times, and as soon as you hear that um, first thunder, everybody takes off running off Myrtle Beach, right? The 100,000 people that are there on July 4th weekend, because we go every year. And <clears throat> so I can relate to the disciples being scared in this moment. So we're going to talk a lot about this story, but what it's gonna relate to in particular is overcoming and resisting fear and anxiety. And I know it's a hot topic and it's a sensitive one. And, and I'm just gonna be honest, I had some resistance this week on preaching. I told Will, I said, will you preach my message for me on Sunday? Um, I asked him that yesterday and he was like, are you joking? And I said, if you say yes, I'm not joking. And I think it's because I've been actually really excited to preach this until this week. And now I'm like, oh, it's because people are about to get free. Like, I believe that. And the reason we've heard a lot personally as a pastoral staff, we've been told even like as of lately, you guys talk about anxiety a lot. We're like, yes, because it runs people's lives. Like it runs people's lives. And it's becoming a very common issue that like it seems like the whole world deals with. And I was, I was even scrolling on, um, Facebook this week, and I wish I would have had it on the screen, but it wasn't someone I knew personally, but it came up in my feed, and she was wearing a sweatshirt that had like 100,000 likes on it, and it said, my anxiety is anxietying today, and I was like, All right, so now we're happy about it, right? And I know, I actually, I actually know this is the plan of the enemy for our world, is to normalize evil, is to make evil in our world. We can look at the news, we can look at the streets and, the, and everything that's happening in our world and see that the enemy is doing everything he can to normalize evil. And anxiety is that. It really is. I'm not saying you're evil if you deal with anxiety at all. I'm just saying he's trying to make it normal so we don't overcome it. So we learn to live with it. So we learn to make it our pet or something and wear sweatshirts about it and say that like, I run off coffee and anxiety. Like, it's not cute, <laughs> right? It's not. It's not a cute thing. It's something that's ruining people's lives and running lives. Fear is running people's life. Anxiety is running people's life. And it's debilitating. And I know because I've been there. And I'm gonna share some of my testimony today, but like, I'm not talking to you out of a place of like, never having been there and I, I'm really talking to you out of a place of vulnerability like I've walked through the debilitating anxiety <laughs> not just like one of those people that's like yeah I've dealt with some anxious thoughts I'm like no it's taken me out like several times in my life here lately my husband's shaking his head like it has 
And I'm at the place now where I'm like, that will never darken my door again. And you can be in that place too. I believe that. Like, I think worship was so powerful today, so, so good that some of you already got free. And now I'm going to give you the tools to stay free. (laughs) Because here's what happens sometimes is that we enter into a moment of worship. You know, it's like the whole camp thing when when we take our youth kids to camp. (laughs) And they get on the super high, which I love camp. And no one, no, I love camp. But I'm just saying, you know, they might have a moment, but then we have to sustain it. Right? We have to sustain that moment or it goes away. And it's so important that we have those moments. I've had several moments, right? So this series is going to be talking about resisting and overcoming. And the reason I'm using the word resisting is because James 4, 7 says what? Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I'm so glad our church knows this verse. Thank you. So we are going to talk pretty heavily from um, Mark chapter 6 today. I had a dream last night. I wasn't going to share this, but whatever. I always have dreams before I preach. (laughs) And I had a dream last night. I just got up and just showed a movie. Like, you know, like when the teacher's out (laughs) and they they like bring in a movie that has nothing to do with anything. That's what happened in my dream last night. And BJ was like, you know, he's the most positive person in the world. If you've ever, you know, had any interaction with him. He was like, I liked it. But like, what did it have to do with anything? I was like... I don't know, but it seemed like everyone enjoyed it. So can you imagine if I just showed a movie today, Veggie Tales or something? Okay. <laughs> Mark chapter 6, I'm going to start in verse 45. Immediately after this, <clears throat> Jesus insisted. Okay, so the immediate, I'm going to go ahead and stop 100 times while I'm reading this. The immediately after is that he, J- Jesus had just fed the multitude. You know, which we know from Mark, it says 5,000 men, which probably is more 10 or 15,000 with women and children. Um, So Jesus had just performed this insane miracle, right? And not only did he feed everyone, the disciples had baskets and baskets to take home with them. Okay, so this is like, Jesus' disciples are really seeing what he can do at this point. Like they had saw the water turn into wine, which is wild and they had seen him heal people and people get set free and him cast out demons but like personally the loaves and the fishes things would have like set me over the edge like this man can do anything this is wild he just took this tiny amount of food and fed 15,000 people okay so immediately after this Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head to the other side of the lake while he was sent, I'm sorry, while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on the land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. About three o'clock in the morning, so he (laughs) waited a long time, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. He intended to go past them, but then he, they saw him walking on the water, and they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed, for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. 
this scripture is changing my life, like single-handedly. I have been listening and stuck on this for weeks, if not longer. And I'm going to break down the whole thing, but the part I want to talk about today is that they, it says, for they did not understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. I, I will go, this is going to be a whole point, so I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but I want to break this down a little bit. So if we look to the beginning of the story, the disciples were fishermen. So they had every knowledge in the world that it was going to storm, right? They were trained to know this. Their dads were probably fishermen. Their grandfathers were probably fishermen. And so they would have known it's going to storm. But the reason they said yes to Jesus, and I believe (laughs) that's why we get in fear and anxiety sometimes, right? Is it's pretty exciting to say that yes, right? When we hear the Lord say, start the business, that's exciting, okay? And then we think, and I believe the disciples thought, if I get in this boat, there will be no trouble. They're like, we feel like a storm's coming. I could see their interactions happening. Like, I mean, do you not hear that? Like, do you not see what's happening in the sky? Like, I don't know how they tell that the storm was coming, but however they did that, it's like they had this conversation, but then they were like, well, but Jesus wouldn't tell us to do it if the storm is coming, right? So they got in the boat, and then the storm came, (laughs) and then they freaked out. Is that not what we do? Is like we do the thing that the Lord asks us to do, and not everything is smooth sailing, pun intended, and then we get freaking out and worry and fear and anxiety because everything does not look the way we thought it did or thought it was going to. And I'm not telling you the Lord is sending the storms. He's not. I just think Jesus was probably like, did you not just see what I did? I'm not worried about the storm. He's not worried. He's like, I told you to do it. Yeah, I knew that thing was going to happen, but I equipped you to get through it. I think he meant for the disciples to get in that boat and laugh through the storm. I do. I think he thought, hey, we were just having a good time. What changed? (laughs) Like, did you not see me feed all these people? We were laughing, having a good time. I bet they were like, their minds had to be blown. In fact, it says that they were. (laughs) Their minds were blown at at the fact that he just fed all these people. They were probably like cutting up, laughing. I mean, they were friends. So Jesus like, hey, just go to the other side. And they were like, this was not supposed to happen. Do we not feel like that? Do we not tell the Lord, this was not the plan? (laughs) This was not supposed to happen. We try to get around the storm. We try to rebuke the storm. I'm not, sometimes maybe we should. I I don't know. That's your situation. But sometimes we try to do everything to get around it. And the Lord's like, just go through it. I'm on the other side of it. Right? I told you to go. If he told you to go, why do we worry when things don't go our way? Why do we worry when the storm comes? It happens a lot. Why do we worry? Like, if he tells you to start that new job and your boss is horrible. If he tells you to go talk to a person and that person is mean to you, right? If he told you to make some kind of move within your family and it doesn't work out the way you thought. We're meant to trust him through the storm. Because fear and anxiety, like, it can come just because, and I know that happens, and I'm going to talk about that, but for the most part, we deal with fear and anxiety because of a storm, 
because of something that is going wrong in our life, right? And the storm normally comes because it's not what we thought were planned. So what did Jesus respond to the disciples? First of all, he walked on water, and it says he was going to walk past them. I've thought a lot about this, and I haven't figured out why. So if anyone has, tell me. I just thought that part was kind of funny little thing to mention. He was just going to keep going. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He was going to walk past them, but he's, here's my part that I feel like I want to focus on for a second. Is that he stopped and he gave them a command. And sometimes I think we can read scripture and like over familiarize ourselves with it to where it becomes like it doesn't actually mean anything. But what this actually says is Jesus said, Stop. Stop being afraid. And I believe he wasn't like, Don't be afraid. I'm here. I don't think he did. I think he was like, This was a rebuke because what came after that was a heavy rebuke. He's like, Your hearts are hard. Like, he actually rebuked his friends. He said, stop. Stop being afraid. Do not worry. Why are you in worry? He said, stop, before he ever calmed a storm. That's how I know we're meant to sail through it and not be afraid. It's because Jesus didn't come over and say, oh, I got it, guys. I'm going to calm the storm. It says, he said, stop. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. That's encouraging because when things aren't going our way in life, sometimes, sometimes it is like meant to be rebuked. We're meant to, you know, especially if it's like a sickness or disease, like we don't ever receive anything like that. But I'm saying we can make it through the storm without being anxious and afraid and worried. You know, like if you're in living in 2024 and listen to the news and listen to the prophets, they're all saying 2024, the year of war, like all these things. If it happens, okay, we live in the land of Goshen. Like we're going to sail right through it, right? Like we're meant to be the people that the, the church is meant to be what the world is looking at because they're not going to react that way. The whole world is going to go through a storm and they're going to freak out. And if we're freaking out and they're freaking out, who's calm? <laughs> like, right? That's meant to be us. We're meant to be in peace through the storm. And there's tools, obviously, to get there. But Jesus, he did not calm the storm until they weren't afraid anymore. Right? He said, do not be afraid. And then he calmed the storm. And actually, in John, it says they translated to the other side. So that's another miracle. I won't get into that one today. But I want to go back to verse 51. And we're switching translations because I like how this one says it better in the King James Version. But Mark 6, 51 says, and he went up and went up unto them into the ship and the wind ceased and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves and their hearts were hardened. That's scary to me (laughs) because people I hear, I've had so many people say this to me and I've said it. It's kind of like, well, if I was walking with Jesus in Bible times, like it would have been so much easier to believe. Have you heard people say that? Like I would have seen him doing it. Like it's not out of sight, out of mind. It's like seeing is believing. And this literally proves that's not true (laughs) because the disciples 
aren't believing and they're with Jesus seeing the miracle happen. And Jesus rebukes them and they're like, you have hardened your heart towards me. Why? Because you didn't even consider what I just did. That to me is just changing the way I see my own life. It's because I want to be a person that is not that is considering what the Lord has done or has done or promised me to do through the word of God more than I'm considering my natural circumstances. Because when we harden our hearts, it's because we're sensitive to that, okay? So when we consider the word, we are sensitive to the word of God. When we consider the fact that 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes, I was healed, but my body says something different, so all I'm considering is like what my body feels like, then I'm, my heart is going to be hard towards the word because I'm considering what the doctor has said over what the word has said. And that's when we don't see things happen in our life, right? It's because our consideration and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, this is a whole point, but our consideration is what is gonna change our life. Like, this goes far beyond fear and anxiety. This is everything. What you are considering is what you're gonna see. If you consider your bank account over the fact that it, the word says, I am blessed according to his riches, then you're gonna see poverty. If you consider anything natural over what the word says, that's what you'll see. And I believe I don't want my heart to be hard to anything of the Lord. When the, I, anyways, I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna go to my first point. So what does this have to do with fear and anxiety, right? This story. The Lord showed, like, the Lord began to show me like this whole thing, like I've been saying about going through the storm with peace because in my own life I truly when everything's great like I'm not worried you know I'm not dealing with worry and anxiety when everything's great it's when the thing comes <laughs> it's when the you know any kind of storm comes it's when the fear that's when the fear comes upon me that's when I start dealing with fear and anxiety is when the storm comes so I know that God is calling us to go to the other side with peace and without worry and anxiety. And I believe today, like I said earlier, I know this is a sensitive topic for a lot of people. And I'm not telling you, like, if you, if you are dealing heavily with fear and anxiety and you're like, well, I'm gonna go home and throw away all my medication, please don't do that. Like, I'm not saying to do, I'm saying like, let's get free of this together, right? I want to encourage you today, like you can leave Freedom Church today and walk out the doors free. Anxiety never has to darken your door again, ever. Like, I don't have to, I'm not afraid to say that. Like, Andrew Walmack, who we all love here, he says, I was listening to him not too long ago, and he said um, to his college students, you're never gonna see me sick. He said, I don't get sick. I don't believe in being sick. I never, ever, ever get sick. And he says, people say, Oh, well, don't say that. You don't know what's going to happen. He says, I do know what's going to happen. And if you think I'm crazy, then don't wake me up because I like this dream I'm living in. Like he said he hadn't been sick in like 50 years because he knows what the word says. I'm trying to get to that. 
right? And so I'm not afraid to stand up here and say, I'm not dealing with anxiety anymore. If it comes to my door, I'm going to resist it because it says, resist the devil and he will flee from me. So when he's fleeing, you know, BJ always says this, he'll get tired eventually. He's like, man, I'll have to figure something else to tempt them with because anxiety is not going to work anymore, <laughs> right? So like I said earlier in my own life, I, in my flesh, could have been an extremely anxious person. If I was not operating in the spirit, truly, in my flesh, like it would take me out. I've spent at least three or four different times that I'm going to share with you today just completely having to overcome anxiety, like to where, I mean, like it would just, I, I had told Will one time, I was like, I can't leave the house today, you know? And like that's super vulnerable for me to say, but I'm sharing that because I'm not, I don't want you to think like, oh, okay, Pastor Brittany, like you've never dealt with it. You don't get it. No, I have. <laughs> and this isn't like the this is recently to where now I feel like, oh, I'm free of that. Like, it's not coming again. But I've dealt with that. I've been there, done that. And I wanted to share some things, three different ways that I have dealt with it. And the Lord has shown me how to get through it. And I believe if it works for me, it'll work for you. And this is all from the word. And the first one, the first point, I, I feel like is a little hard and people say, like, tough love doesn't work for everyone. Well, I'm going to read it from the Word. And so if it's tough love, it's not coming from me. It's coming from Paul. So you can blame him. So Philippians 4, 6 <clears throat> says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make yourselves requests known to God, and the peace of God that guards, I'm sorry, the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So let me back up. <laughs> One day in the past six months, I'm driving my car and I just felt anxious for no reason. And I said, okay, Lord, what do I need to do right now? And he says, I said, don't be anxious. That's what I heard the Lord say to me. And that's because the Bible says it. He just said, stop. And I know what you're going to say is like, oh, it's not that easy. No, it's not in every situation, and I'm going to get to that. But in this situation, the Lord said, stop. Stop. You got to get out of it. Stop. And I know, I feel like I'm. this is a hard point to make, but the Bible, like I said, we can over-familiarize ourselves. And I heard a pastor say this, and I haven't stopped thinking about it, but he said... Again, don't shoot the messenger. But he said, anxiety is a choice in our life. And if it wasn't, the Bible wouldn't command us not to be. And I know that sounds really hard. And I say that in love because it, when I heard that, I was like, that's exactly right. Like my choice, I will choose no longer to be anxious. Because right here, it commands me not to be. It says, do not be anxious. Stop. It says stop, stop being anxious, right? And so we need to start practice, because that's what the next thing I'm going to read is. It says to practice, practice ourselves. When you catch yourself in a moment of anxiousness, especially if there is no reason, right? It's like, okay, I'm just going to go on a walk. That's what I do. I'm like, I'm going to go on a walk and pray in tongues. 
Like, I will do that for an hour. Man, you can't be anxious praying in the spirit. And if you don't have a prayer language, come pray with our prayer ministers after because I have never been anxious and praying in the spirit at the same time. Right? That's how I just stop. If I'm praying, I'm like, Lord, what do I need to do? And he says, you just need to stop. That's what I'm going to do personally. Right? I'm just going to stop and move on and go to another thing. And that's my second point. And the next thing the Lord brought me to is what are you thinking about? You know, we say this a lot, but like, I don't have to ask you what's you planted in your garden, right? If your mind is riddled with anxiety, what are you thinking about? Are you watching too much news? Are you watching too much, you know, just regular TV that's junk? Like, are you thinking about, let me just read this scripture and I'll ask you. So we continue on. So in this, Paul tells us, stop being anxious. Do not be anxious. And then the peace will come. But then he tells us how. In verse 8, he says, finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is worthy of respect, whatever is right. I love this one. Whatever is confirmed by the word of God, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, what is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. In the Amplified, it says, center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. This is the part I want to get to. Practice these things in daily life. And the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. I think we expect, like I said earlier, to have an encounter with the Lord and say, okay, Lord, heal me of anxiety and then never do anything about it again. And that's why it comes back. We are given instruction as to how to live our lives based on the word of God. And this tells us, if you are anxious, what are you thinking about? Can you ask yourself first and foremost, I talked a lot about this in our women's meeting this past week, so if you were there, you might have heard some of this. But one of the ladies said, even before I was a believer, I would just ask myself, is that true? Like, are we thinking of made-up things in our head that has not even happened or may never happen? Is it even true? That's the first thing. If the answer is no, okay, we'll think about something else, <laughs> right? And I hope you're not dismissing me. Yeah, 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 it's easier said than done, but I'm telling you, I have trained my heart and my mind to when I'm thinking far into the future about things that may never happen, right? to change my thoughts on what is true. Is it honorable and worthy of respect? That's a good one. What do you respect in life, right? This is, and this is my favorite one. Is it confirmed by God's word? That should probably, we could just stop right there, right? Because if I'm meditating on God's word, I'm probably not gonna be anxious about anything. If you're anxious about a doctor's report, I want you to stop thinking about the doctor's report and meditate on every verse the Bible says about healing, right? 
And I know it sounds like, okay, well, how's that going to change my situation? Come back to me if it doesn't. Because God's word promises us everything in his word back to front is truth. And if he says that you meditate on these things, that's when we start to see them manifest in our life and become true. If you're thinking, and then the next tooth says, pure and wholesome, about all of television now is neither of those things. Um, Sometimes you just need to turn off the TV. One thing recently, which I'm going to get to in a second, that I personally dealt with in an anxious way, this is not something like, I wasn't sure if I was going to share it or not, but I prayed about it, and the Lord told me, he said, you opened a door by something you watched on TV. And sometimes we have seen something, it was the simplest little thing, and it just stuck with me. You know, BJ shares a story about watching like ER or something when he was 13, and he thought he was going to die for like five years or something. Like, sometimes things just stick with us. And the Lord said, you open that door, you need to close it. And I did. I was just like, okay, you're right. I come out of agreement. I don't believe that. This is a made-up television show, Right? That is so dumb. If that's what's controlling our thoughts and our minds over what the word says to be true. And you know, I'm just going to say this too, but like if you're in the middle, if you watch a lot of television, I'm not judging you like I'm, or anything like that, but and you're in the middle of this, I know I'm going to sound preachy and pastory and whatever, but like turn on the, the word, like turn on a pastor that's preaching, turn on worship. Like I'm serious when I'm in the middle of this, I will listen to hours of preaching. And I just don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, what is gonna serve me more on TV? I know it's like, well, I just wanna check out. Well, if you wanna get past this, then sometimes we have to start che- stop checking out and checking in to what God is saying, okay? And the last two are lovely and brings peace, admirable and of good, rep- good re- repute. We have to ask ourselves, what am I thinking about? And truly, I think most of us could stop with the first one. Is that even true? (laughs) Most of us get into a spiral of worry of like, this thing could happen. And and honestly, a lot of people with children, I know we struggle with like thinking about what's going to happen to our kids. And, you know, if they get in the car, you know, start driving or when they go off to college and it's like a lot of fear and worry. And my first thought is like, is that true? And Lisa, you know, she shares this a lot, but like when Ava started driving, Lisa was like, man, that was hard for me. I don't have, my daughter is two. We are far from that point. I know I'll blink and we'll be there, but I was like, I get it, that, that is a lot to think about. But Lisa said, the Lord asked her, what is my plan for Ava? Oh, it's to give her a hope and a future and an expected end. You might need to find a verse to hold on to, right? You might need to go to the word and say, okay, what are you saying over my situation? Because if it's like, I mean, some of you might be worried about a diagnosis and thinking I'm gonna die. Well, that's a good one. He says, I have a hope in a future and an expected end for you. And I don't mean just grab a verse and then throw it up and say, well, okay, work. (laughs) Right? Like sometimes we like to microwave the word a little bit and put it in and be like, okay, like one, two, three, 30 seconds work. Like I'm saying sometimes with the word of God, 
We have to plant it. it says, I said this earlier, implant it in our hearts. You don't plant a seed in the ground and then just say, okay, work. Has that ever happened? Never. It's never happened. The Bible says first the, first the blade, then the corn, then the blade and ear in the corn. I think that's it. Yeah? <laughs> okay. It basically means first the seed, then the stalk's going to come up, then the corn, right? It's a process. Get that verse and think about it a hundred times a day. Write it on the walls of your home. I do that physically. We literally do that. We literally get verses and I don't take a Sharpie to my walls. I write it on a piece of paper <laughs> and tape it on my walls. And I think about it until I'm like, you know what? And that's what I'm gonna get to at this last point and I'm gonna finish it quickly. I know it's 12 o'clock. But I get to a point where I'm like, you know what? Nobody can convince me out of this. I am so convinced that God's plan for me is good that no one can convince me that I can be sick or no one can convince me that my bank account controls me. No one can convince me that my family, you know, X, Y, and Z. No one can convince me out of it because I have meditated on the word of God more and that's my last point. I have considered the word of God more than I have considered my natural circumstance. And the word here, consider, I want to read it one more time. Mark 6, 51. <clears throat> and he went up into them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves and beyond measure and wondered, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves and their hearts were hardened. If God has shown up for you in any time of your life, will you just raise your hand at, at any point? Everyone in this room, that's great. Two hands, three hands going up. Every person can say that. This is saying when you are in worry and afraid, it's because you're not even thinking about what I've already done for you. And you have hardened your own heart towards me was what Jesus is saying. You've hardened your heart towards me in this situation because you're not even considering that I've already shown up for you a thousand times, right? He has done it for every person in this room over and over and over. And I'm not being hard on anyone because the disciples did it. They like watched him do it and hours later, they were like, well, you cannot do it this, this time, right? You have overexerted your endless amount of power. And the word consider here means to study, to ponder, to deliberate, to examine or think upon. So that means that we are take, using our mind, what Will was talking about earlier, what we sang about earlier, can you imagine? That's one of my favorite songs. Isn't that powerful? Can you imagine? Are you imagining it? Our imagination is a powerful thing. It is not for little kids. I mean, it is, but it's not just for little kids. I am going to imagine, am I using my imagination for fear and worry of what may never happen? Or am I using my imagination for the best outcome possible? And people are so scared to get their hopes up because they're like, well, it may, if, I don't think, if I think about it that way, it may not work out that way. You're right. It may not work out exactly that way, but if it doesn't, it's better. Because God said it is. There's never been a time in my life, ever, 
that I can look back and say, that was worse than I thought it would be, like ever. <laughs> he always shows up in a better, more powerful, more beautiful, in a more exceeding way than what I thought he would do. And we have to look to the word and look at this story. I encourage you to go home and meditate on this. Of what are you considering? I wish I had more time to talk about this one verse today, but I want to get to all these points. But what are we considering over the word? Not just the word, but what he's done in our lives already. Because that's what Jesus is saying here. He's like, man, I've done all these miracles, but you all don't think you can get through a little storm? That's nothing for me. What, like, what is it that's too big for God? <laughs> like, that, like that we just sang about it. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Who are we in this room to deny what the Lord can do? What situation, like, tell me what it is that's too big for him? Nothing. And I want us as a body to start considering, taking, thinking, studying. That word studying, like I'm gonna just study what the Lord has done, right? In my own life. I want to look at my current situation and say, there is no way that God can't get me through this because he's done it a hundred times. I'm not gonna worry about it anymore. You know, <laughs> Andrew Walmack says, the Lord says to cast your cares on him like it's his issue now, right? If he's brought me to, if he said go to the other side, right? If he told you do the thing, say yes to me, it's his problem now. <laughs> How we get there, that's on him. But you have to choose not to be worried and anxious about it. So that means you have to turn your thoughts. And earlier we read this, you have to practice this does not happen overnight. This has been years of practice. And I feel like 2024 has been the first year that I can say, I'm not dealing with this anymore, ever, because no one can convince me out of this. I have planted, I have practiced, I have sown, I have went out to my garden and I have raked and take the weeds out. And now I know that I will not be anxious, that I'm gonna fix my thoughts on things above and I am going to consider the word of God over my body. If your body's screaming at you today, turn it off, right? Say, flesh, you don't control me. Maybe you should fast. I am a huge advocate of fasting, right? Because you're telling your body, you don't control me. What the word of God says, my spirit inside of me controls me, right? If your bank account is yelling at you, <laughs> right? The word of God needs to be more considered over what you are considering in your natural mind, in your natural circumstance. That's when we can overcome fear and anxiety. Amen? It's by considering what he's done. Maybe go home and write it down. There's been some times that I felt like I was so like inundated with this anxious thoughts. The Lord was like, you just need to write down some things you're thankful for, like anything. <laughs> and it will pull you out of it so fast. I know these are almost like too practical, but like I'm very thankful that the Bible is this practical. 
where he's like, I mean, it'll work. Like you don't need to fly to another state to get someone to pray for you. Look, our prayer ministers are awesome, but you don't even need them to pray for you. You can make a decision today to leave this house and be like, I'm gonna put this into practice. I'm gonna practice it, I'm gonna work it out, I'm gonna plant it in my garden, and I'm never gonna deal with it again. Amen. I'm gonna invite the band back up. I believe that our church is gonna leave this series without fear and anxiety. You know, a few weeks ago, BJ had the people raise their hands if you've been dealing with anxiety, and he said about 50 people raised their hands. I wasn't in here that day. But man, that's too many, right? I want us, I am, by the blood of Jesus, we can be free of this. And when I say that, A, you can leave here with a miracle, but you can also, by the blood of Jesus, the word of God is true. It works. And these things put into practice will change your life. You can walk out of here and not just say, yeah, I get it. It's easier said than done. It, you know what? It is easier said than done. But I wanted to never be in that place again. So I put the work in for me. And I think you can too. Because there's no difference between me and you. We can all put the work in in our hearts. Right? So we're just going to respond in a moment of worship, and then our prayer ministers will be up here to pray with you.